When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Tunes and Tumblers fam, it's your host, Anthony. We've got a lot of great interviews coming up in the next few weeks, but before then, I thought we'd take another look back at some more greatest hits in the TNT canon. I actually wasn't present during this time capsule episode, but it's still one of my favorites. Ryan took over the host seat so well that I almost thought that I was out of a job. And it helped that our guest was one of the more knowledgeable and interesting people we've gotten the chance to interview. He's the front man of an Oklahoma rock band who have shot into the mainstream since our conversation last summer. Their single head right is currently in the top 30 of the Billboard Rock Airplay charts and climbing, and they're coming off of a whirlwind television performance on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Tunes and Tumblers fam, please enjoy our little rerun of our chat with Max Rayner of Will Dorado. Cheers. Welcome to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than just an auditory experience. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail and mocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up your feet, put up your paws, whatever it may be, and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Ryan, and as you've probably guessed, Anthony has stepped out for the day said something about needing a self-care day, I guess inspired by our open mic talk, which we all know means a trip to the Hollywood Walk of Fame where he wanders around Madame Tussauds, followed by a trip across the street to Hooters. Um, I think I can speak for everyone. I say if only all our days could look like that. Um, But as they say, the show must go on, so I'm here to steer this podcast into port. I guess people also say that. Please grab your emergency flotation device responsibly. And of course, we all know drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I mounted the Minion statue atop Universal Studios and whistled the John Cage tune to summon anyone with mixology experience who would listen. And he is. <laughs> uh, Pedro, you're mixologist. <laughs> and I am, uh, I'm your host, Ryan, of course. You're not Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah, he caught me. So we've been looking forward to today's guest for a long time. He's the lead singer and guitarist for an expansive indie trio out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. They fuse soaring the three-part harmonies and rumbling guitars with an open road, Americana-inspired feel that they've ridden to the tune of over 50 million streams. They've played alongside artists like Lindsey Buckingham, Christine McVie, and Atwood Magazine favorites Mount Joy, and performed on the main stage of Bottle Rock, Austin City Limits, and Lollapalooza, although uh, they unfortunately didn't open for Limp Bizkit this year. Their first full-length album is set to drop October 15th, and we're here to talk all about the first three singles that have already made a splash at AAA Radio. Tunes and Tumbers fam, please welcome Max Rayner of Will Dorado to the pod. Mew!
Cool. Thanks. Great intro. <laughs> sure thing. Um, lots to be excited about here. I think Anthony... Where are you guys? Uh, first of all, it's always kind of nice for me to know. Yeah, we're scattered over the um, Southland ruins, Los Angeles <laughs> area, Sierra Madre. And I'm in San cool. Diego currently. Okay, rad. Um, crucially, Sweet. not San Marcos, San Diego. <laughs> um, and so, and you are in Tulsa, correct? Yeah, that's right. Tulsa, Oklahoma, right here in the middle of it. And you guys, you guys, it's safe to say you're a Tulsa band at this point, right? Because I know you've lived, you've been in LA before, right? Yeah. We, uh, you know, started the band in LA, but we are very much Tulsa band and proud of it, tell you the truth. That's great. Well, before we get to the show, we have to catch up a little bit. Um, Sweet. What, is every, what has everyone been listening to for the past week? Pedro, you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. Um, this past week, I've been listening to a few things. Friend of the Pod, Curio Watts, uh, recently came out with a cover of Katy Perry's Teenage Dream. It's a lot slower. Uh, a lot sweeter, and I actually kind of like it compared to the original. I like it a little more. Um, so that's been good. Chemical Brothers uh, came out with The Darkness That You Fear and a, another single called Work Energy Principle that I've been enjoying. And um, Foster the People had, uh, the Torches had its 10th anniversary this year, I believe. Um, so I've just sort of been listening back to to Torches by them, especially like Call It What You Want's my favorite track off of that album. So I've just been sort of going back and listening to some some older stuff. Love it. A lot on the docket. What about you, Max? Honestly, I've been listening to If It Makes You Happy by Sheryl Crow over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. It's uh, Yeah, I, I'm honestly kind of in a place right now where I'm trying to decide if there's a better intro guitar sound. Uh, just totally rules, in my opinion. So I, th- I think we're going to maybe try to cover that song in this... Set we're trying to put together if we're allowed to ever play music again. So I've I've kind of been simultaneously <laughs> fanboying on the tune and trying to just hear it a lot to learn it. Dig it. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, it's good to know that it's for practice and for eventual performance, and not just um, for another for another reason. You know, because <laughs> you could have been in a dark place there. Um. <laughs> well, it is kind of remarkable how much I relate to the song. It's like. It's like, you, it, it's basically just how we tour. It's our lives. It's crazy. All the verses are, it's just, I feel like I can see through her eyeballs when I listen to it. But yeah, cool tune, man. I'm not going to lie. That song rules. It's a good song. Indeed. Well, I got the new Hippocampus single out. It's called Sex Tape. I do. And it's got a great line in it. Um, I wish you the best. I genuinely mean that. And I'm sorry about the diss track but I genuinely mean that. And I love the idea of wow. apologizing for a diss track that you've made and also um, genuinely meaning someone well. <laughs> <laughs> and yet still uh, releasing the diss track. It's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I also would love to just hear a hippocampus diss track. Um, but I love those guys. If you really want to feel old, go to a hippocampus show and bring a raincoat Dude, from I- all the saliva flying everywhere from the braces in the crowd. <laughs> They're awesome. They're they're incredible musicians, right? It kind of blows yeah, me away. Yeah, and that you're you're right. They're shockingly young. <laughs> they are young, and the fans are young. It's it's quite the <laughs> it's quite the show. It's like, uh, yeah, it's great. 
Well, there's also another connection. I also want to shout out another band I've been revisiting where I think we both know this man, Max, um, Mr. Jordan Hook of Baxter Elkins. No way. How do you know Jordan? He's one of my favorite people on the face of the planet, and he's going to be here tomorrow here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Did you know that? You know what? I'm not going to lie to you. I let him know that I was interviewing you, and he told me that. So I did know, <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, that, what are the odds? Um, but yeah, I've known, know I... I've known Jordan through a few years through his, um, through his significant other, and um, who that I've known so a long cool. time. And so I've seen him perform so many times, and he's just he's been getting better and better. And the new project, Baxter Elkins, is fantastic. I think they're really establishing themselves as players in the kind of you know L.A. Americana um, kind of old old fiddle tune scene, and but also bringing a fresh kind of perspective to it. I mean, I, if you want to make this whole podcast about how much I like Jordan Hook, we could par- we could probably do that. <laughs> I don't think that's <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, that's not what you want to do, but I just want you to know I'm game for that. When he <laughs> when he finished that, I, I don't know if they're calling it an EP or a record or whatever the whatever the body of work is, but he mailed it to me in the uh, snail mailed it to me with the little note and a tiny little uh, piece of bud, a little a little bit of flour, <laughs> and he said smoke. <laughs> he said smoke. Smoke this in your pipe and then put on this record. Um, so that's <laughs> wow. what I did. And I sat right outside the building I'm in now and listened to the whole thing and loved it. It was honestly one of the one of my favorite just kind of listening experiences I've ever had, given like, you know, everything that went into it. It was really cool. Wow. Quite the that's review awesome. there. Quite the endorsement. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I did not get a bud unfortunately <laughs> with my copy on cd you weren't on the pr list i was not no <laughs> um but i did love the album and i do love if you ever get a chance to see these guys live they're just really they're kind of brilliant at mining a lot of the uh, folk tune canon and they broke one out recently called jack of diamonds that i just loved so got a shout out to them shout out to jordan he's a good old huck finn type who just loves to take apart clocks go fishing and just playing goof <laughs> just playing good. So, um, let's yeah, move on. Big, big love, <laughs> big love to Jordan Hook and Baxter Elkins in general. So let's get the hell in the bar. We got to get in the bar, folks. I'm spending too long outside contemplating the bud, and it's time for the getting carded, carded segment. So before we do this, though, as a quick reminder. Um, Every song that we mention on the podcast goes straight onto the accompanying playlist that we make on Spotify. So if I wanted, for instance, to talk about the extensive back catalog of Alvin and the Chipmunks, uh, it's going on. It's going on. We're going to have some real ISMR on our hands. So Anthony left me the keys to the bar, so I guess it's time to let us in. Max, did you bring anything to show the bouncer? Yeah, I did. Um, This is the... You know, we're kind of getting ready for live again, so we had mm-hmm. to put together a, a new stage plot. And so I drew um, this, and I'm going to use this as my ID because there's actually a picture of me right in the middle. So here, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So wait a second. This is the like the backdrop? This is behind you while you play? <laughs> no, but that would be awesome. Like what you... uh 
what you what's it called when you advance a show you're co- we're coming to your venue the this the promoter there whoever is running the venue gets kind of the the band advance with our stage mm. plot our writer our input list oh, and I see. then gotcha yeah so this is the stage plot so they can kind of know where what what their stage will look like while we're on it that's awesome i understand yeah got it for folks who don't know what a writer is and you know all the stuff that you might know the famous story of van halen only wanting blue m&ms <laughs> in the bowl um yeah. this is what it refers to i imagine the wilderado <laughs> writer is quite a, quite extensive right it's pretty sick, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in the bar. It never ceases to amaze me that we still have our liquor license at this bar, considering everything that we accept as identification. <laughs> we had a guest, Stobby the Nomad, who brought in a uh, chicken strip from Hardee's, and that worked. <laughs> but then again, I've never heard of anyone calling ABC on a podcast, but hey, might be good for publicity. We could be the so first. This, what is that? <laughs> we could be the first. We could be the first. We strive to. Um, so this is the part of the show where Anthony would ask me to introduce what we're listening to today. Pedro, I suppose you could do the honors and lead me in if you, if you felt like it. Ryan, um, uh, here's 20 bucks. Can you go over to the jukebox and tell us what we're listening to today? I can. We got a special jukebox that only plays unreleased music. Um, cause this album, I think when this episode drops, this album will be a month out from release, but we are focusing on the singles. So we are listening to the debut LP from Will Dorado. It is self-titled, and it is out in October 2021 on Bright Antenna Records. lot to work with here three different teasers for the very first will dorado album uh pedro do you have anything to pair with them i certainly do um i know that we're focusing on three singles for as far as the discussion but i'm, I'm definitely taking inspiration from all of it because i got to hear it early um <laughs> uh so so when i when i was listening to this album and and the singles in particular my my overall sort of feeling that i was that I was getting that it was sort of putting me through was this feeling of being somewhere, but constantly sort of daydreaming about being somewhere else or with someone else, just like in a whole different place and just sort of never truly being present, not necessarily in a bad way, but just sort of being in this sort of daydreamy headspace wherever you were. Um, and so I just sort of started thinking about, uh, and there, I mean, there's mentions of like summer in this, in this album and, and like astronauts and all kinds of stuff like that. And I really enjoyed it. Um, so as far as the drink, I know Max, you you enjoy tequila, from what I'm told. Um, so yeah. that's that's where we're beginning with this. Um, I started thinking about you know drinks that sort of make me think of of a getaway of some kind. So I kind of wanted to come up with something sort of uh, like a slushy drink, something you might drink on vacation, as it were. Um, and tequilas usually lend themselves pretty good to being blended, uh, especially when you think of margaritas and things like that. So we've got uh, tequila first of all. Um, and I decided, uh, sort of as a nod to the, the idea of, of astronauts and, um, to throw in Tang, um, just some good, really like, uh, citrusy Tang. Um, and then 
you guys are, are an Oklahoma band, as you stated, and as I've read, uh, strawberries are sort of a big deal in Oklahoma. So I'm also adding some strawberry uh, daiquiri mix to this. And I myself am not a huge fan of sweet drinks, so I had to sort of balance it out with um, with a good amount of lime juice just to sort of cut it and give it some sourness as well. A little bit of bitters. And then uh, throwing a bunch of ice in it and blending it up. Um, and so it's a nice slushy, like a good uh, summery color. Um, but the tang of it, I mean, it's a good, it's a good drink to sort of feel like you're, you're elsewhere, maybe on vacation, but the tang of it will definitely bring you right back to the present and plant, make you plant your feet for sure. Um, topped it with some, with some whipped cream, just sort of for fun and (laughs) threw some strawberries in there. Um, and I'm calling it a memory eraser. And if you look in the chat on the zoom, there's a photo of it for you to check out. Wow. God, that sounds fantastic. It is. It is really good. I actually made it. Uh, I made it today, and I was sipping it. And then uh, my friend got home, who lives here, and uh, she took it from me. She she finished it. <laughs> she said it was really good. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, if you want to check it amazing. out, amazing. Yeah, there is a photo of it in the Zoom. If you want to check that out. Um, but yeah, it's actually this is... a, a line, a, a lyric line in that in the record. Exactly. Yeah, my man. Yeah. <laughs> what can we and say, folks? He's done it again. <laughs> a memory eraser it's a great great summer drink you know at first i thought you were going down like a tequila sunrise kind of direction there but you completely um caught me off guard there and it's I, been d- man, it's been done <laughs> i wish i wish i could have this drink instead i am drinking some whiskey on ice out of a cup from jimmy's egg a norman <laughs> oklahoma restaurant out of respect <laughs> out of the utmost respect i know you guys aren't from norman um max you're from you're in tulsa but um as close as i could get (laughs) man jimmy's egg yeah good good spot still there is a there is a jimmy's egg in tulsa of course i knew that which is why yeah i uh (laughs) yeah i love a good hungover meal from jimmy's egg well i think talking about tequila sunrises i'm thinking of the eagles and we're talking about tulsa so I think this leads in nicely to this conversation here. Um, I really love the sound that you guys have, and I know Anthony would say the same. Um, like we kind of alluded to earlier, earlier, he's definitely like a mega fan. Um, but so Paste has called you guys South Central Americana meets Laurel Canyon vibe. Um, and on this new album, I'm hearing some familiar sounds. I'm hearing some of my favorite sounds of the 2000s. Um, by way of some Heartland bands like The Killers, a lot of expansive, imaginative indie rock, some of the brisk blues folk of the districts a little bit. Um, but so you guys are from Tulsa, but it, it's not always apparent necessarily in the music. I guess I'm wondering how Tulsa informs the sound um, or influences the band. I think more than anything, we just put a lot of energy into not trying to keep something from happening and i think we all grew up in this part of the world uh country music is a thing i think i i've been listening to country music a lot more in the last 5 years than i i think i ever have um kind of some older country music there's a great country music station here in town uh that plays kind of you know, all the way back to the beginning of country music to, you know, do some of the good stuff still in the 90s, etc. But I, I just think there's not a whole lot of intention on it. There's more 
of an intention placed on just not keeping something from happening. And I think we all like rock and roll. We like uh, fast tempos and guitars and um, indie music and synthesized music. But at the same time, I think it's cool to let our voices and our our melodies kind of just do what they're going to do. And I think a lot of the Tulsa sound, you know, is rooted in some Southern rock music and some blues and some funk. And yeah, man, I think I try to just be inspired by it all. There's there's so many great players here in town, to tell you the truth. The last little bit now that kind of the clubs have been opened up again, it's been fun going and, and hearing guys. I mean, I, I would rival anybody in Nashville or L.A. with the players here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it's mm. you can go back as far as you want on a history of that. Uh, it's always been the case and still is today. So it's a really cool thing to be from here. I'm not so sure I can say we are a Tulsa sound or – you should you should make us a representative of that by any means, but but we're definitely proud of the sounds that have come from Tulsa and yeah. Is that does that answer your question? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, that that's what's so interesting. I was I to be honest, I was not always aware of the quote unquote Tulsa sound, and a friend of mine who's up in Moore had to kind of school me on it um, a bit. And I think it's it's it's. It's vast, I think, but I think, you know, J.J. Kale, right, Leon Russell are kind of the kind of the main ones, wouldn't you say, and of that? Steve Ripley. Steve Ripley. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's a, it's a fun thing to do. If, if ever you're bored, just pop it into Google. I mean, it, it just goes on and on and on, the stories that, that Tulsa has weaved its way into classic rock and roll and all the way through modern times. I've heard it described as roughness delivered with precision and polish. Do you? Gosh, what am I doing here, dude? That's that's. Uh, you should be answering all your own questions. That's great. That's <laughs> that's yeah. Do you think that it describes really is. it? I mean, in some ways, I, I that makes me I think of think you, your sound in a way. Well, I was gonna say I would never say that to describe us, but if someone <laughs> wanted to, that would be sick. I I. But I think just from I'm what I've it. heard here in this town. That's a great way to put it. I mean, you just can't, I just can't believe the way people can sing and, and play. Uh, just the players here are just so insane. Yeah, I, this is what I hear, you know, and, you're, and you were talking about, you know, Nashville a bit, which made me think of a quote you had that I really liked, which was you were um, talking to someone named Angelo, who I, correct me if I'm wrong, was a producer on this album, on the new album. Yeah, he, he was... Uh, he kind of co-produced Head Right. I see. Okay. Well, I really like this quote. Um, Sometimes the best way to ruin a song, a life, or anything really is to take it too seriously. Um, I really loved that quote. Did you find yourself having those moments when making the album where you felt like it was becoming too serious um, when you were making the album? And how did you, uh, how did you move away from that or deal with that? I absolutely did. It's, I think that's a hard thing to try and realize, though, in the moment, the the idea of taking something too seriously, because, I mean, for us, this is a serious thing, and it's something we do want to take seriously and to put all of our energy and, you know, best selves into. But, but I think you can also find yourself just holding it too tightly and, and overanalyzing and second-guessing and... I think if I was to say that again, I would want to put more of that language in, into describing what I was meaning. I, I think we recorded so much 
and then came back and just scrutinized it pretty heavily. And it ended up being really beneficial and playing in our favor uh, the majority of the time. But on some of it, I think we just started getting in our heads too much. And we started to just be too concerned with things that are unnecessary. Uh, so I think we had to, while we were making the record and recording it, I think we, we were a good amount of serious. But once we were done and we and we had some things to listen to, I think that's when we kind of, there was a moment where we got into our heads a little bit. And really, funny enough, it was only about head right. Um, I think we, yeah, yeah, it was mostly just about that tune. I think we kind of just started to disassociate from it a little bit, disassociate from the moment we wrote it and and how uh, just naturally it happened. I think sometimes when you have a song that just naturally happens that way, you spend a lot of time trying to make it cool or trying to make it something else. And at the end of the day, the only way we could really figure out that tune was to just, just kind of have it be a, a basher all the way through. and. Hmm. I think what, yeah. A basher all the way through. So it had, did it have sort of a different structure at one time? Like, did it change? No, it never uh, really did. But uh, we tried like 20 different versions of it, to tell you the truth. I think I, there were some of us who connected to the song more than others. And we went in and out of enjoying it. Uh, I just think it's, when it came down to it, that song said something that I wanted to be in the record. And, Hmm. and uh, yeah, I guess when I say a basher, I mean, if you look at the shape of that song, if you look at the wave, it's basically just a block all the way through. You know what I mean? There's, there's never really a breath in that tune. Um, Right out the gate. Yeah. Yeah. Right out the gate. Strong mercy beat. I think we were, there was just some components to that that we'd stopped enjoying for a little bit, but, but now in hindsight, I'm, I'm proud of the way it turned out. And, and I think it just kind of, it says what it needed to say in the way that it needed to say it. And yeah, it was just kind of an interesting journey with that tune. Well, it's interesting how the, the journey of the tune is also reflected in the lyrics in some way. That's gotta be interesting, right? Where you're saying things, you know, why can't I calm my mind enough to see what I might find? And you're trying to discover this and figure out this process interesting to to have it play out that way yeah and I, I was talking to somebody about that song recently and and i think part of my frustration with it is just not being able to figure out how to do what i'm trying to figure out how to do in the tune I mean, lyrically you know what i mean it's like i want got it i mean it's just so straightforward but everyone always tells you over and over man just like calm down calm down calm down it's like can't calm down i, I if I can't calm down. You know what I mean? I'd love to calm down, but I know I'm supposed to calm down. How do I calm down? That You know what I mean? That sort of thing. And I think all that's kind of present in that tune. There is such a racing aspect sometimes to trying to take a moment and push away all the things that are trying to keep you all wired up. Indeed. How How can we calm down? That's a question I think we find ourselves revisiting over and over again uh, with our guests. Um I think with all of us, especially over the last two years, I think um, it, it's just interesting to see songs kind of take on new meanings as time goes by as well. Um, I think what, what's so interesting about this is that one of the singles, um, like Surefire dropped in 2019. Is that right? Mm, yeah. So the lyrics around that, I mean, it, there's a whole great backstory to this. I encourage folks to look in interviews where it's been explored more, but it was... Um, inspired by a Tabitha King poem, and you're kind of touching on this idea of coming out of 
hibernation, which is wild because this was in 2019 before COVID. So it just happens to be one of these incredible songs where it's, it it has this new meaning in 2021, right? Where many of us are coming out of hibernation, so Mm -hmm. to speak. Um, Is that a strange experience watching (laughs) as the world changes and the, do you, do you find yourself having to address that? Like with the current times changing with uh, meaning changing and such? You you mean, am I having to address? Do these songs feel like they're changing to me as as the world's changing? Yeah. How do you? Yeah. Sorry. I guess that was an awkwardly worded. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think, but I hope I think what, what Ryan's I mean. looking think, for is like what what does it feel like to see these songs change as time goes on? I mean, I think it. I, I know it feels amazing. I, I that's one of my favorite things about writing songs. I've been. I've been reading about this concept of like first thought when you write, um, and, and w- which basically is just allowing yourself to uh, have the opportunity to have a good first thought and, and like kind of procuring the environment of I'm going to free write and not try and say one thing or be too precious with what I'm writing, but I'm going to diligently come and write and write and write because usually the best stuff is that just kind of accidental first thought, not not the um, straining and straining to say what it is that's on your mind, you know what I mean? And I've always found that with songs that I finally connect to or, or lyrics of mine that I finally connect to is, is lots of times I just don't know what I was saying, and it was just kind of there. And, and so when as time goes on, I, can, I mean, lots of times songs make sense to me now that never did. And, and I find, I found that some with this record. Yeah. And like you said, with Surefire, it's so interesting. That's such an interesting perspective on it. Cause Surefire, I wrote before Headright. Um, and it was, I was tripping, tripping balls on this, the writing experience. I was just having such a hard time with it. I think I was depressed and I was so lonely and trying to figure out myself, my head and being gone from my family and et cetera, et cetera. And I just kind of didn't want to write songs anymore. And, and uh, yeah, I wrote Surefire, and it was just totally on accident. It was such a such a beautiful experience, to tell you the truth. But yeah, it is kind of weird. It is weird how that works, isn't it? But I enjoy that. I think that's sometimes for me a test of what I enjoy and am proud of is like how how much does it continue to make sense in different ways as as time moves along from the moment I wrote it. Right. Absolutely. And that's that's a little bit. I mean, this is an, uh, another theme you kind of explored in in some way, I guess, on on help me down, right? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, mm. but you this was based off of kind of you'd excavated an old voice memo, and this had been kind of a song that had been unfinished for some time. So what yeah. what about it connected? How did it? How did you connect to it in the present? Um, why did it become? Why do you feel like you found that inspiration to kind of finish it for this album? Well, I. I think I just, when I wrote that, I remember I was in college and was just struggling with my faith. And then finding it 10 years later, I was in a place where I was needing to, or and just constantly trying to figure out how to be present. And then I think I, I realized that that's something that people can be with you through the process of figuring it out, but it's not something that someone can figure out for you. And and I just thought that, you know, that was help me down, don't pick me up was such a great way of stating that. And 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 honestly, we were looking for a last song, uh, 
And so that I just had the second verse just came really easily. Mm. And yeah, it was really interesting. It was that, that was a cool moment, to tell you the truth. I'll never forget finishing that song. And did you guys, so going back to college, so you, you guys, you've known most of the band for since then, right? That's where you guys kind of found the foundation of the band. Yeah, and Justin, Justin even longer back in high school, but we, he and I just kind of would cross paths. We never really knew each other until he came out to L.A. to be in the band. But yeah, Tyler and I went to Baylor University together down in Waco, Texas. Ah, I see. Yeah, you're, it's, it's looking, you know, and you've spoken on the song before, looking for people who are willing to go the low moments with you. It's beautiful that you've known the guys in the band so long and you've gone on this uh, journey together. It's a rare, it's a rare thing to be able to <laughs> stick it out that long, right? I think so too. And I think that's part of the reasons we have is some people will go there with you and, or you go there with them and then everything changes or, but vice versa, you go there with somebody and, and uh, you come back up together. And that's, I think that's when you have, you know, those, those sweet relationships that are worth holding on to. Do you yeah. think, what, what do you, oh, sorry, Brian, did you go ahead? Now, I was just going to say, from your time in Texas, you know, usually going to college and, and moving somewhere else sort of, usually, you know, it influences you in ways it opens your eyes to new things. What do you think, if anything, did you take uh, from your time in Texas into, you know, your music and, like, um, the way you write now? Or, like, what influence has it had on you, do you think? I, I would say a lot. Uh, uh, first and foremost, just because I didn't write, start writing songs until I was in Texas. So, um I I was uh, just that's where I just started doing it and and I I I think I had this moment in college honestly listening to that um the head and the what are they called the head and the head and the heart they have I don't I think it was their first record what do you guys remember what that was called mm. whatever it was I remember yeah. listening to that record and just thinking man writing songs is is so much less about like being profound and, and more about just kind of saying what you're feeling saying what's going on or, or like god i just remember listening to that record and it just totally opened my mind to the possibility of writing songs because before it was like i like to sing i liked to uh play guitar i like to do that with other people but it was i found it just so hard to write songs and say things what do you say you know what i mean it was it's like Writing a song is like the ultimate experience of starting the essay, or it's like how how do you start the essay? And but I, I'm that record was such a massive thing for me because I just remember it was just so easy and straightforward and simple, and yet it just kind of hit you. And there's so many moments in that record that just so many kicked me right in the gut. I thought, damn, I'd love to write songs like this. And that was actually right when I wrote "Help Me Down." We've definitely discussed that before on the podcast too, though, with other. Uh... With other guests, like simplicity and even sometimes being vague in writing makes it all the more relatable and totally. gives, it, gives it like some lasting power. Yeah, there's a really special thing with that. I, I always think that's like the sweet spot with lyrics is going back and forth between the specific and the vague. Uh, when someone does that well, I just think it totally rules. Yeah, absolutely. The key to brilliant songwriting. I hadn't, uh, I hadn't made that connection to the head and the heart. That's really good to know, but and it makes total sense. Um, for the record, that first album is a self-titled album. The head oh and the yeah, heart. cool. 
as the first uh, El Dorado full length will be. Yeah. It's kind of blown my mind that you haven't had an album up until this point. It feels like you have. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think we've got 30 songs on Spotify or something like that. There's a lot of music. What made you decide then to... I mean, so many bands... I guess you can just sort of do that, right? You could just release singles and EPs forever. What made you want to do an album? Um, it's a broad question. I <laughs> well, I mean, it's a, it's an easy thing to answer. I, I've, it, that's what we set out to do. That's what we started by doing. I mean, the band started by making a record, and we ended up putting it out as two EPs. And so... I think that was a great idea. I mean, I think that was the right move because we had never played shows before, really, and, and we didn't have any other music. And um, we started working with this management right off the bat, and, and they just thought, you know what, let's break this up and get these guys on the road. We'll have two bodies of work finished that we can release over a period of time, and we can just get these guys playing. And and so that's what we did. And, and uh, like Chicken Fried Steak, we we put that song out over the pandemic that was from that first set of recordings and we just never put it on anything. There's so I, I think some of it, although I think that was the right thing to do and I'm glad we were allowed ourselves to be coachable on that. It was uh, a bit heartbreaking because that was a period in time. Uh, we made a record, you know what I mean? And, and it was a record and we mixed it as a record and then we put it out as two EPs. And so I think, ever since then we've been chasing putting out a record because that's how we started the band and there was just never time or money to do that because uh, it mm. takes a lot of both of those things right that's so interesting i didn't realize that about the two eps that does have to be a surreal experience right to spend the time with sequencing and imagining it one way and then having it come out a completely different way yeah and i think it kind of falls into the category of like what would have happened if we had done it the other way around? I don't know, but I, I, I mean, I, I will say that I think it could be fair for that decision to be scrutinized and maybe looked at the wrong as the wrong choice. But as we do with anything, that's just what we did. And uh, so, yeah. But I, I think, I think we wanted to self-title this record simply because it's our first one. And I've, I've always th- thought that's a cool thing to do. I've just, I've just always thought that was cool. It's kind of like. You know, it's it is a little bit strange for us too having so much music out and and putting out a record. But when you look back on this, no one's gonna remember that. Well, we'll always just remember our first record. Then it'll be Will Dorado, and it's it feels like us. I feel like something I set out to do, and and really am proud of is kind of encompassing all the different kinds of writing that we've done over the years as a band and kind of I feel like every version of something we've put out is represented in this record which is a, I honestly think is a huge accomplishment for me feels I love that we were able to do that absolutely I I agree well we're very excited for it and um and it's been coming for a while and, and boy it's coming out October I think when this episode drops yeah, it'll be September it? it's going to come up really fast isn't it yeah, it is. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> and you mentioned you alluded to doing some performances earlier. So you guys have uh you have some plans to tour this hopefully it sounds like, right? Yeah, we do. I guess when this comes out that'll all be announced. Um 
But yeah, we'll, so when we announce the release, we'll announce the tour and, and all the other stuff. It's going to be spring, though. But I think we're going to do, we're doing just kind of some one-off dates through the rest of the year, which will be cool. Uh, make a little bit of money and, and then keep keep recording and, and rehearsing and putting the band back together. Hell yeah. Can't wait. Well, I think we're coming up a little bit on time here, I'm afraid, though I feel like we'd love to love to keep talking as long as we could. Um, Can I ask one question just out of curiosity real quick before we wrap it up? Oh, yeah. Of course. Um, so, I mean, we've been discussing, you know, the way you write and how, how personal a lot of this music is to you specifically. Um, what is it? What does it feel like when you've you've spent so much time with it and it does come from, you know, these these personal places? What does it feel like to just as an artist to have that out there and you have to just sort of let it go and let everyone else take it in? Like, what does that feel like to you, um, especially when the tracks are so can be so personal? It feels like it feels like a lot of different things. I, I think. um We'd have to probably break it down into different categories, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I think, I think mostly it feels really good because I've just worked so hard on it, and I think sometimes, especially over this last two years, it's been hard to work this hard on something and and not really have anything to show for it. Uh, mm. And and I think I have this. We have had this record to show ourselves and to kind of used to energize us through this time period, um, just kind of harboring the excitement of knowing that it will come out. But, you know, it's interesting, having done, having done this and, and met people who listen to our band and received sweet messages from people who listen to our band over this time of being at home, it's, I, I, just, I just appreciate the people that listen to our music so much, and they've, they've been so honest about, how it makes them feel. And I just kind of, it feels good to be able to give them something else to give them more. You know what I mean? Just cause they've been so cool to us. And you know what I, what, what I'm saying, trying to keep us our heads yeah. up and, and keep us wanting to make music. Um, so I'm more than anything, I'm just excited to give it back to the people that I feel like have just been giving and giving and giving to us while we've been at home. Well, to quote Should we the go fan back f- and talk about Jordan Hook a little bit more? <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we stand Jordan Hook. What can we say, folks? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say to quote no. what? <laughs> no, it's great. We'll do. We'll we'll yeah. We should have Jordan Hook on. We really should. Man, that'd be fun um, if he's available. Of course, the man is busy. He's got many many hobbies and projects. And he does. Um. Incredible fishing game. I wasn't just joking when I said he's likes to fish. I don't know about the part about taking apart clocks, but I do know about the fishing. <laughs> um, Does he take apart clocks? No, I don't. I don't know where that came from. I just uh, <laughs> threw that out there. He might. It's now part. It's now part of the lore. Knowing it him has to be a pretty empowering <laughs> thing to do is to take across or take apart a clock and make time stop and then put it back together and be in control of that right that's gotta feel pretty cool purely it's purely for the power trip that he does it there's <laughs> yeah, no that, is, that is a power trip endeavor isn't it? <laughs> i'm taking my life back uh, he right. just stands there, he just stands there and look at, looks at all the scattered pieces just <laughs> grinning to himself yeah got it i want to take a part of fucking clock now i know man <laughs> the power um 
Well, gosh. Well, to quote fan favorite um, Morning Light, it's one last call and we're feeling drunk again. Are there any lingering <laughs> thoughts, folks, before we move on to our next segment? For, from me? Yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah, from anywhere. Drew, for that matter. Yeah, Drew, what Drew you is got? A foot. Drew is a foot. Drew is about. He is at large. <laughs> it's all right if not. The water's not trickling again, is it? Man, no, I was going to say, my only, <laughs> my only lingering thought is that was crazy. That, uh, that. <laughs> that happening. I, I, I sat back down in this chair with an absolute racing heart. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was a wild For- thing to have happen in the middle of this. <laughs> it would have shut down my whole day. You took care of it in like 15 minutes. I just cannot believe how much water there was. It, I, it, it just happened so fast how much water there was. <laughs> you know, this building is so, the ground is so unlevel, and I think that saved the day because it's just tipping to the south here, and I think the, <laughs> so the water was just pooled against the wall. I mean, it, it, uh, it could have been so bad. You could just call that the but, flood feature, flood safety feature. And you know what's wild is we've had all of our gear flooded before. It was in, in L.A. Is this what you meant by lingering thoughts? Or should we move, yes. move on? There you yes. it? Absolutely. No, continue. Okay. continue. <laughs> we, were, we were renting a little place in Inglewood, uh, which there, was, there were so many crazy moments uh, there. It was so awesome. But it was in a basement of this apartment complex, and it was like a pool, basically, that was just all concrete. Uh, and one night, I, don't, I wasn't in town, but... But I got a call, and, and uh, one of our buddies was in there, just went to randomly check on something, and the sewer main had broken in the apartment Holy complex. Shit. And all of our gear was about a foot and a half in poo water. Oh, and, uh, damn. And somehow oh. those guys there was like a staircase that went up to a little garage and they just piece by boobies <laughs> carried, <laughs> carried all of our stuff up from that disaster. And it was, oh, it, God. yeah, it was, that was a long, terrible night. Uh, oh, wondering what was going on. It wasn't as bad for me as it was for the guys that were actually standing <laughs> in the shit water. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I've got some that that brought back some flashback panic for sure. Oh, no. Flash flood flashbacks. Good lingering, God, yeah. wa- lingering water stains. Man, Ooh. but all good. Took care of business, right? That's what I'm talking about. I don't know how that ended up so well. I, I, I'll have, after this is done, I'll go and see what all is ruined. But I just had some coated <laughs> cables. I mean, no, no connections were even in water. It was just all cable. So I think, I think technically I'm good. We'll find yeah. out. Well, fingers crossed, my friend. Um, Thank you. Yeah, see, this is, you handled it, I thought, pretty well under pressure. See, the difference between you and me is I probably would have panicked and called the police. Well, um, there was a moment of that. I, I, yeah, there was a moment of that. Whatever. Yeah, it's all um, done with. Uh, it's all done. Well, as Dr. Jacoby in Twin Peaks, uh, the return says, keep shoveling through the shit. And with that, that we will it do. Is that, we, that we will do. Well, it's been lovely talking, but I think it's time for us to move into 
one of our favorite segments, Hashtag Mood. Are you guys ready to play? Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. This is where we test our playlist building skills with a voicemail. Can you hit that theme, Drew, and cue it up? Always great to hear the theme. This is Hashtag Mood, where we test our playlist building skills. Um, we have a voicemail, I think. Don't we, Drew? You have one new message. <laughs> hey, guys, it's Anthony. Hope everything is going good over there. Uh, thanks for taking the reins while I have my little self-care day. Tell you what, I'm already feeling so much more relaxed having gone and put my hands in the little in prints at uh, the Chinese theater and, and watching the Joker fight with a giant Pikachu. Tell you what, it really centers me. But I'll tell you how I've been feeling recently. I just finished midterms, and it was just a rough week, the roughest week that I have had this year. I think I have slept in the past seven days a grand total of 10 hours, and it's starting to get a little weird. Do you remember college when you would just pull back-to-back all-nighters, and by the third night, uh, things would start getting a little strange? For me, I'm starting to hear inanimate objects talking to me. So I went to heat up a piece of toast the other morning, and the toaster was like, mmm, that'd be good with butter. So here's your mood. You have been awake so long that you're starting to get culinary advice from your appliances. What do you do? What do you listen to? Maybe it's time to go to bed. Maybe it's time to push through. I don't know. Go either direction with that or with whatever direction you want to, like, really cope with this insanity. Well, uh, hopefully I will be back on my feet and ready to host again next week. But, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers. Let's hope I get through this. Peace, y'all. I dozed off about halfway through that. It was so long. Um, <laughs> we got there like, eventually. Sounds like Anthony decided to watch The Brave Little Toaster, which he could have just <laughs> saved us a whole lot of time and just said that. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, that would be a great film to revisit. Absolutely. It was a fairly it had some fairly disturbing sequences. Dude, it was um, dark. Yeah, that movie was straight up dark. <laughs> um... Well, boy, what a mood, Anthony. Um, well, we hope you yeah. uh, are fe- feeling better soon, friend. Get some, get some dang sleep. Snort that melatonin and get some rest. <laughs> um, all right, um, let's do this, guys. Who'd like to kick us off in this madness of, of, of the mood that Anthony has dumped all over us? Pedro, how do you, how do you feel? Say guests first. Guests first. Is that me? You are best. That sounds like I have to say, just a terrible place to be. Uh, not not sleeping is a terrible thing. Um, there's a song called "Picando Leve" by a band called Oterno. Do you guys know them? No. Uh, they're a Brazilian band, which 
I can't take any credit for this. Justin, the guy who plays drums in our band, showed me this record. It's pretty insane, I have to admit. It's amazing. But uh, I think that song would be perfect because it's kind of trippy in a very calming way. You never feel out of control. And uh, I think if I just needed something to help me cool out a little bit to maybe go to bed and also tilt me towards a little bit of positivity, this is the (laughs) tune for you. That's perfect. It touches on a lot of bases. Um, my my mood is, uh, or my song choice is, I think might fit quite well based on how you described it. Mine is, I Can Hear the Grass Grow by The Move. <laughs> this is a 1967 kind of psych proto, uh, kind of like psych freak beat, psych pop band. And it's just, it's to me, it's kind of the perfect... 60s anthem should be the 60s anthem um you know it's got a great line my head's attracted to a magnetic wave of sound with the streams of colored circles making their way around and i think this speaks to what anthony's going through and i hope he can find some inspiration in this time if anything um (laughs) you know rather than just kind of spiral into a uh a horror adaptation of Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Um, uh, so best of luck, brother. What about you, Pedro? You wanna... Thoughts and prayers. Uh, yeah, so the, the song I picked is um, Hallucinating by Elohim um, for nice. obvious reasons. But I picked the mariachi version because I just feel like that makes it just... It just gives it like a little extra twist of weirdness. Like you're staring down the toaster and then you just hear the mariachi trumpets come in. Uh, yeah, the song's just all about hallucinating and tripping out and just sort of <laughs> living in that space. You should have gone Perfect. after after Max. That that would have been a really nice <laughs> transition from Brazil to Mexico. Um, Sounds like a pretty druggy playlist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of people, dr- lots of different people can enjoy this one. You're right. Who needs drugs when you can deprive yourself of sleep? <laughs> yeah, stay up for a week <laughs> and go to and go to Hollywood Boulevard and uh, stare at the what did he say? The Spider Man fighting the Pikachu or uh, Joker fighting like, Pikachu? <laughs> the minion with the head wasn't off he at, smoking. Yeah, wasn't he at like Madame Tussauds also or something like that? But uh, oh, well, <laughs> we wish you all, all the best. Sounds like a nightmare. Indeed. Well, with that, do you have a mood of your own? And hopefully not sleep-deprived and driving? If so, leave us a message by calling or texting the Tunes and Tumblers hotline at 626-604-6477. Why not tell us what your self-care day looks like after a week of insomnia and talking toaster ovens? Your favorite artist may get to hear all about it on air. And with that, I guess, do, we have, do you have anything to plug, Max? I mean, I would guess we're up here plugging the record, right? <laughs> uh, indeed, indeed. That's what, indeed, that's what I would plug. It's coming I October fifteenth. Nice. October fifteenth, folks. Mark your calendar. Um, inform your rooster. Um, you know who makes alarms for you to to be prepared for that date for the drop date. Um, the merch game of Wilderado, folks, is strong as well. Um, yeah, I've dude, never seen so you. many t-shirts in one place that I wanted to buy. Um, <laughs> tell us about the Our... WROK shirt. Is this a, was Wilderado going to have a radio station? I, I don't see why not, but there's no, <laughs> there's no plans for that. 
<laughs> I mean, really, we are one of the luckiest bands in the world to have uh, our, our the drummer is he does all our design, and he's just really good at it. And um, I think something that's fun for us to do is just try to think of different things that Will Dorado could be, and make a shirt about that. So that's what W R O K was just uh, just a you know Will Dorado radio station. But yeah, we'll spitball that, and Justin will come back with the, a design, or just come up with a design out of nowhere on his own when it's time for new merch. <laughs> if you had a Spotify playlist of stuff the band liked, like WROK, um, of just running songs that you liked, I would follow the shit out of that. Just throwing that oh, out yeah. there. Yeah, that's cool. Right. See, the idea is you... you come up with random stuff that at some point you just could actually make. <laughs> like drywall business, we've been we've been playing with that. Will Dorado drywall because when we were building this wall, uh, we broke a lot of drywall. <laughs> oh no! Uh, you guys should you guys should start a line. You guys should start a line of uh, like rain boots with all like the flooding that you have going on in your life. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. Has this ever happened that would to you? Be slick. <laughs> yeah, dang, I like that idea. Well, oh boy, I'll only, t- of- I'll only t- I'll only take ten percent. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's fair. Well, <laughs> boy, lots to look forward to with Will Dorado. I want to thank you again for uh, coming on, Max. We really appreciate you being yeah, here. Yeah. Thank you very much. Man, thank you guys. This has been fun for me. I, it was honestly really nice having you here when that disaster happened. I know we don't know each other <laughs> very well. We know each other better now, but it was kind of like just two calm, floating heads in the corner of the room, <laughs> keeping me from. Totally going bizarre. <laughs> well, boy, yeah, what? Glad it, we could help. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, there was one and... moment when I heard you guys say, "Oh shit!" I just saw him run across the screen. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes. Uh, there he goes. He's fast. <laughs> oh my gosh. Cool, man. Well, I, for well, real, it means a lot. It, it's pretty cool that you guys listen to the record. Thanks for thinking through it. Uh, Pedro coming up with a cocktail for it. It means oh, a lot, for absolutely. real, that you guys listen and take take the time to do that. Because, yeah, we spend some time on it. And not everybody goes that in depth to it. So I really do appreciate it. Yeah. Of course, Our my pleasure, friends. pleasure, man. And thank you for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast and a member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on every platform. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us a lot. Also, if you go into the episode description and scroll to the very bottom, you'll find a link where you can support the pod. Every dollar goes to keeping the lights on and getting supplies to make these delicious drinks. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. Our hashtag mood jingle comes to us from Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. And until next time, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.